the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we've arrived at the second Sunday of three Sundays, indeed the second week of three weeks, that the church gives us to point a direction, give us a framework, and prepare our hearts to enter into blessed Great Lent. And today we are at Sexagesima Sunday, just like Septuagesima Sunday last week, we were roughly 70 days until the celebration of the resurrection, Sexagesima roughly 60 days till that celebration. And today, the message our Lord wants to share with each of us, it has to do with our shame. How do we deal with shame in our lives? How do we deal with the things that God exposes? Not just in a season of great Lent, because that exposure of ourselves and the ways that we are not Him, and the ways that He calls us and invites us in all of our frailties and weaknesses to live in Him. How is it that He reaches into that and begins to wipe away not only the sin nature, not only our brokenness and frailties, but the shame therein? Okay. And we begin with the words of the introit at the very beginning that you heard sung by the choir. Because it sings... The posture of the Christian always. Listen to the words. Our belly cleaveth to the ground. Arise and save us, O Lord, our helper and our deliverer. That is a cry for deliverance. Deliverance from our brokenness. Deliverance from our sin nature and the things that hold us captive. And what's the posture we're given? On our bellies. On our bellies. And if we did scripture association, one of the things that pops first into my mind always when I see that posture and that cry for mercy and deliverance is the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. We talk about this very often. We can't talk about it enough. Remember in that parable, Jesus said a Pharisee went before all the people and stood upright and prayed to God saying, I thank God that I am not like other men. These are the same people that Jesus called a whitewashed tomb. Oh, on the outside, my friend, you are brilliant. What you show to all of these people, you show such strength, such piety. But on the inside, you're devastated. You're broken and you don't know me. But that's what the Pharisee did. I thank God that I'm not like other men. The tax collector, knowing his disgrace, knowing his shame, Knowing his sin, goes before not even looking up into heaven and bows down in prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The cry of deliverance, the cry for mercy on his belly. The tax collector knew his frailty. He knew his need for a redeeming God to come into his life and lift him up. Out of all that he had been dealing in all of his days. And all of the shame that goes with it. Just a few weeks ago, we had the uh, scripture narrative in the Gospels. Where Jesus is coming down from the mountain. Having taught the Sermon on the Mount. He's coming down from the mountain with a multitude following him. And a leper comes up to him. You remember that? The leper comes up. And remember that dreaded disease, leprosy. It was hideous disfigurement. 
but it was also immense shame to the leper. It was a shameful condition, particularly back in those days. They were shunned from society. But what does this leper do? He was desperate to be made whole. So he brought all of his hideousness, all of his disfigurement in his body, and all of the shame, and he comes right up to Christ and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus looks at him, knowing that it is for this reason that he came. And he touches the leper and removes the condition that brought about the hideousness that resulted in the shame of his life. And he heals them. But what did the leper have to do? Bring it all to Christ. Bring it all honestly, honestly before his Lord. And cry out, if you're willing, heal me. If you're willing, heal me. St. Paul, in our epistle reading today, he says something very interesting. He says, many are weak, I'm weak. Therefore, I will boast, not in all the great things that I've done for God. He doesn't say that. He said, therefore, I will boast in things concerning my weaknesses, my infirmity. We find out in the next chapter of 1st Corinthians or 2nd Corinthians where he says this. He says why he boasts in his infirmity. He says, because God said to me. God said to me that my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Folks, in all honesty, we tend in some areas of our life, our mind, our soul, we tend to live opposite of all of the things that I've just described to you. What do we tend to do with the, mo with the most core weaknesses within us? that bring about such great shame in our life. We tend to hide them. We tend to think we hide them from God. And we tend to hide them from God's people. For God forbid that people might see that I'm weak and full of shame. I can't dare approach God because if they see this hideousness, to use a term from the leper... If they see this within my soul, if this gets exposed before God and man, I'll be a reproach. I'll be an outcast. They'll put me away. Now, I say that in an extreme way, but you and I know that we play this game in our lives. We see ourselves so rightly in what's within us, and yet we see God and his people so wrongly. We say, no, no, I can't, I can't allow such exposure to happen. I can't do that. It's such a lie of Satan. It's such a lie of Satan because it's a lie that denies the very truth of the nature of God. What did I tell you that God did for the tax collector and the leper? He reached right into their shame. The very reason for which he came. And he healed their disease and he wiped away the shame from their lives. That is the nature of God. When exposure occurs in our lives, when we allow God to reveal those things to us and we bring it before Christ within His church, He steps right in and heals. And it's such a lie also that we must hide this 
all of these things from one another in the body of Christ. Because it's such a lie as to what the body of Christ really is. The body of Christ, the church, the ark of salvation. My friends, we are a hospital for the shame-filled. We are a hospital for those underneath the sin nature who are shackled by sin. And are shackled by woundedness within them for things that have happened to them in their lives. We are a hospital for all of us. And at the center of the hospital, the foundation, the cornerstone of the hospital is the Lord Jesus Christ, the great physician. You know, many years in preparing for Lent, I often go back to Isaiah and chapter 6. And I read about the vision that the prophet Isaiah was given. Because it reminds me of so many wonderful things of the very pattern, not just for Great Lent, although it does, but for our entire Christian existence. In Isaiah in chapter 6, Isaiah is given a vision, and it is a wondrous vision, not unlike the revelation that God gave to John, and we have the book of Revelation. Isaiah is given a vision of the heavenly tabernacle. He is taken and thrust into the very presence of God. And he sees all of the angelic beings. And he hears them singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And we see the description that he sees the train of the robe of the King of Kings. And the train of the robe alone filled the temple. He sees the perfection of God. That's the vision he's given. And what immediately happens in his life? He says, woe to me, I am undone. In the light of the perfection of God, he is exposed for how he's not like that. He's exposed in all the ways that he is broken and in need of healing. He sees it clearly and he responds in humility, I am undone. But what does God do? He sends the angel to get a coal, a burning coal. And the angel takes the coal and he places it upon the lips of Isaiah. And he said, behold, your sins are purged. You are made whole. That is the Christian life in union with God. When we walk in union with God by his constant revelation of who he is, it exposes in us our spiritual leprosy, our spiritual greediness like a tax collector, our brokenness, the ways we are wounded and in need of the healing touch of God. They come to the surface in the light of perfection of God. The question is, will we allow ourselves such an experience? Will we allow the exposure of our true self? Because that exposure is a blessed exposure. And without that happening, there cannot be healing. Why? Because Christianity is real relationship. It's not God forcing his way into our lives and saying, I'm going to heal this and this and this. It's our coming before Him, bringing ourselves as a living offering to Him. And what's part of that offering? 
are those things that he has exposed in us and we offer before him our leprosy, our tax collector, knowing the nature of God, which is why we rush to bring that which is exposed before him, because the divine nature of God has come to heal those very things. God doesn't expose what he doesn't want to heal. So we have to stop pretending in this false world that we are doing so much better spiritually, that we are so mature, that we have our lives so together. Why? Because our God knows the difference. And he loves us too much to allow us to live in that false life where healing cannot take place. Rather, he brings it to the surface lovingly, calling us to himself. Please offer that to me that I might heal and restore you and you might be a living testimony to my life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.